Hello, everyone. Welcome to Screen Scream. I'm Viola. Sorry for the delay because I had part-time job during the weekend, and there were several screenings this week. But better late than never. It's time to catch up with last week's show. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a classic re-release, a Japanese new movie, and talk about some trending movies that I like. First of all. Let's start with the classic re-release, Unforgiven. After escaping death by the skin of her teeth, the horribly disfigured prostitute Delilah Fitzgerald and her appalled and equally furious co-workers summoned up the courage to seek retribution in 1880s Wyoming's dangerous town of Big Whiskey. With a hefty bounty on the perpetrator's head, triggered by the tough sheriff, Little Bill, Daggett's insufficient sense of justice, the infamous former outlaw and now destitute Kansas hog farmer William Money embarks on a murderous last mission to find the man behind the hideous crime, along with his old partner in crime, Ned Logan, and a brash but inexperienced young gunman. The Schofield Kid. Money enters a perilous world he had renounced many years ago, knowing that he walks right into a deadly trap. However, he still needs to find a way to raise his motherless children. Now, blood demands blood. Who is the hero and who is the villain? Wow, the introduction sounds very exciting. Just from listening to the introduction, I really want to watch this film, and it's actually a film of my birth year, 1992. Oops, that tells my age, right? This is a film made by Clint Eastwood, and played by Clint Eastwood himself, Jim Hackman, Morgan Freeman, and Richard Harrison, all A-list stars. As we heard in the introduction, in the beginning, it was the Schofield kid. Who comes to get William to go after this hefty bounty? In the beginning, William really doesn't want to go back to what he used to do as a living, but he's so angry seeing one of his partner's body outside of the bar, so he decides to be a killer again. This movie, Unforgiven, won Best Picture and Best Director at the Oscars that year. I think the story sounds a little bit like John Wick, because William was a villain, but he decides to stop doing bad after he gets married and has children. But in order to provide his kids with a wealthy life, he decides to join this killing mission after 11 years of retirement. I guess you can say retirement. You may notice in the introduction it said motherless children. Yes, William loses his wife. His wife passes away because of some disease, and after that he takes two kids to the suburban of Kansas to raise pigs. He hopes that he can raise his children by hardworking, but I guess apparently it doesn't work. So he decides to run after that hefty bounty. And、this is the main story of Unforgiven. If you are a big fan of Clint Eastwood, this is the classic re-release for you to watch this weekend. Now let's listen to the introduction of the second new movie we're going to talk about today, which is a Japanese movie, 
and I've heard people say it's really good. Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, an unexpected love triangle, a failed seduction trap, and an encounter that results from a misunderstanding, told in three movements to depict three female characters and trace the trajectories between their choices and regrets. The second new movie we're going to talk about today is Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. It's a work of director Lusuke Hamaguchi, and it talks about the concept that serendipity is the core of the world. This movie won the jury's award at Berlin's film festival. From the introduction, we only know that it's a story combined with three different stories. The first story is about two friends in the car, one telling the other about her first date. The second story is about a student and her professor, and some lost and confession in between. The third story is about rampant internet virus. Due to the virus, the communication channel between people are coming back. So high school love is a new trend again. So there are three stories. The first chapter is called the magic. The second chapter is called the open door. The third chapter is called once again. These three short stories are normal, but at the same time, they're a little bit strange. If you watch them or let's say read them separately, you will feel like oh, I'm reading short novels. But actually, these three stories are connected with each other. You can say they are three destiny symphonies that intertwine with each other. I especially like stories like this, with which you can't tell what's the connection in the first place. But as you watch with the protagonist, you kind of start to see the connection in between and play the detective yourself. Trying to solve the problem or trying to connect each incidents before the director tells you the answer, and that's the charm of this kind of film. So if you like Japanese movie or you like this kind of mystery plot, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy might be the choice for you this weekend. And before we move on to the trending movie that I love recently. Let's review what we had from last week. Top three: No Time to Die and Treat or Trick. Top two: Dune, Sword Art Online, Progressive, and Venom: Let There Be Carnage. Last but not least, top one: Eternals. Let's listen to what we have for top seven to top four this week. Top four: No Time to Die. Where's Double O Seven? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The full. Wow, there are only two movies from top seven to top four this week, and we've talked about the falls last week. Also, it's a movie I haven't seen. I don't want to talk about it. So let's talk about No Time to Die. Something interesting that I want to talk about is I should say surprised when I saw the new 007 showed up. I was like, "What? 
How could you give 007 to another agent? I mean, if you are a sports fan, even if you are not a sports fan, you probably know this: that when a legendary player retires, well, technically in No Time to Die, other people don't think James Bond retired; they think he died. But anyway, they should retire his number for him. Like he's a legend. How could anyone else uses his number? But anyway, that new agent says her number is double o seven, and at first James Bond just replied, "It's just a number." But I feel touched when they finally know each other better, and the new agent tells headquarters, tells MI six that please give double o seven back to. Bond. That was the right thing to do. I mean, yes, it's just a number, but if he's legendary and he's back, nobody should take his seat. But I'm glad the final version in the movie because that completes the memory of all James Bond fans. So you really can feel touched by these small details in the movie. Now let's listen to the crowded top three to top one. Top three, Duncan. Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always. You know that. Treat or trick. 加一点我不得呀。组开戏的就我主人，自己我进攻。Top two, Clee for the big red dog. How big is he gonna get? That depends, doesn't it? Sword Art Online, progressive. Kirito, これがあなたの Top one, Eternals. How long do we have? Seven days. Alright, there are five movies from top three to top one this week, and out of the five movies, I've seen four. And today, I want to talk a little bit more about Sword Art Online Progressive. I know we've talked about it a few weeks ago, but I really like it, so I want to discuss it a little bit more. I heard some SAO anime fans said that this movie edition just took. Some elements from the first episode of the TV series, and it's not worth it. But I have a different opinion. I mean, yes, I did go back to watch the first and second episodes of the TV series, and most of the scenes which already appeared in the TV series were directly taken out from the series. I guess it saved the animators some time because they don't need to redraw a lot of scenes again. But at the same time, I think they did pretty well with the new character added in the story. The new character's name's Mittel, and if you go back to watch the TV series, you will notice that she's not somebody who's drawn in the TV series, and they just took it out and gave her some personality. No, not at all. She was a made-up character. She didn't even exist in the TV series yet. But still, I think it's a very interesting twist to add this character into the original story. Besides, the appearance of this character answers a lot of questions we didn't know about the TV series. Because this movie edition tells the story from Asuna's perspective, so of course there's something we didn't know about it. And like all the other spin-offs. I believe die-hard aficionados will love to see all the Easter eggs they can find. 
I watched this film at the screening, and after the screening, I heard somebody else say that they really wanted to go back to watch the first and second episodes of the TV series, and it's because they liked the movie. So I think this is also a bipolar situation. Some people might love it very much, and some people would think, "Come on, this is so similar to the original one. You just added a new character and nothing new." But I think it's still pretty enjoyable. Funny thing is that at the screening, the publisher invited some cosplayer to be the host, and after the screening, the host said that, "Oh, it's really good that we witnessed a new CP today." But at the same time, it ended. That's very true. So I guess if you take this movie as an individual one, don't take it seriously. Just enjoy the two-hour happiness it brings you. Then you will enjoy it. And I'm really looking forward to other episodes based on Asna's point of view. And that's all the time we have for today. I hope you like the show. And remember to tune in at Screen Scream next week. I'm Viola. See you next week.